I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Loss of Words podcast. Um, I am joined tonight by Jason Daniels. Jason, hello. Good evening, Tom. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good to have you back. And Bradley Todd, joined by you as well. Hello, mate. Yeah, after, after you know, an absentee from both of you last week, it's nice to see you both uh, fit and well. Um, all three of us on Tom Hoagie, so that obviously makes us all feel better going into a Monday evening. Um couple of events to recap jason i don't know how much of any or all of the events that you caught up on but let's just uh go through uh razal kamai or kamar first um nikolai hoygaard showed his class again yeah we've been going on about him for a while with most people and it's a bit game that you weren't we weren't on last week but still i mean the only good thing was that um and the research actually lasts for two weeks which is great is that had i been on last week I'd have made a big thing about. Um, I think I, te- I texted you anyway. Yeah. Made a big thing about the Daniel Links and Portugal, and um, there we are, first and second. So. Yeah. Um, obviously, we all know Jordan is destined to win at Portugal one day, Don Pedro, but he was like king of the Algarve um, and the Jamaica Tour. So, uh, you know, for me that worked. So, you know, we take it into this week. It meant just you know an hour's less research <laughs> this week, so that was good. But yeah, you know, we we Nikolai is Nikolai. We. We said we thought he was going to be the one that would, would win more before Rasmus, I think, goes off on the PGA. That's my view, anyway. Um, having said that, watching Nikolai with his driving... Yeah, they're both I can see him contending at some point in the big ones. I think it's, it's coming back to what was... Because he, he was the better prospect coming out, wasn't he, Nikolai? Um, he, yeah, he early days he was. better yeah. of the two, and I think you know, we've mentioned it a couple of times, and I think Rasmus just took advantage of a very good situation where we were just going around some resort courses. And that's not—he's brilliant, by the way. But he's—I don't want to get caught up in recency bias that Nikolai is far superior. I just think that he is better, and I think that when it's all said and done, there probably won't be too much between them. But I do think Nikolai will have been the more consistent of the two, if nothing yeah. else. Um, I think the worry here, Brad, is that. Now we're trying to sort of we're coming back to the same event. Are we trying to replicate with the picks that we make what Nikolai Hoygaard did last week, rather than just focus on the rest of the four or five contenders? Because because what Hoygaard did, easily, is, couldn't, he could quite easily rip it, rip it yeah. a new one again. I mean, yeah. it was just ridiculous how well he took advantage of them. I didn't watch much of it because I was had my eyes set on um, the Saudi the Saudi international, but. I mean, just from looking back, he just he yeah. took full advantage of the um, easy holes, didn't he? And he could just do that again. Why not? Um, but what is he? Sixteen to one this week? Yeah. Is he opened up at? I mean, uh, he could just he could take him, but uh, it's not for me. It's but I, I can understand why people might just just you know jump on that and not not back anyone else even. You know, just I think yeah. I think everyone kind of has a bit of remorse. Jason, I'm not backing him last week, like you said. I think it was very obvious. I think I keep talking myself into trying to take him in bigger fields and hoping the price and inflate, and and he, you know, didn't achieve it, and then drops down a grade, and all of a sudden the, the course is perfect for him, and he wins a 33 <clears> to one, and it feels really stupid. But um, I, I just think that you can't rely on someone doing what he did, especially on Sunday with those couple of eagles and, and even bounce back from some bad holes that trying to replicate what he did last week with anyone, even him again, um, 
might not be the way to go. No, I mean it's it's one of them where you look at it. I mean that last year we didn't particularly we didn't see a follow up winner, did we? Um, no. In any of the um, sort of back to back events, um, people played well. You know, you've got the emotional sort of attachment if you like. Um, and I think when we interviewed David Horsey, I think he was on about saying that we, we assumed that staying in the same place was easier because there was less travel. And if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought he said that you know you, you can get bored in the same place. Really. Yeah, yeah, I think um, he did. So I'm not suggesting that, you know, a 20-year-old player now, you know, going for his third, is it? Third win on tour. He's going to be bored. But, you know, he's still got to have the motivation to go out and do it. Having said that, you know, it looked pretty easy for him. Um, yeah. That was a concern. Look, Even when he was in trouble, it's easy. You know, basically, is he half the price of a Dietrich, a McIntyre, you know, his brother, mm. um, and one other? that's up there that I really like um, probably not is he the right price yeah maybe but he, you know is he, is he, has he got twice the chance of winning as them oh yeah that's, that's exactly for... it I think that's nailed on the head really yeah but yeah if he wins by 10 I'm, I, I'm happy to let him win at 14 whereas last yeah, week yeah. it's pissed off about it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no, we've all, we've all took him as well haven't we we've all took him yeah. so much past. I mean I took him earlier in the year and it's it does. It does wind you up a bit when you you miss him. Um, when he got, when especially when he just smashed it last week, doesn't it? it just seems so obvious in hindsight. Um, the thing but, is, the thing is, Brad. Right, we're going to get to September, and you're going to say, well, how many of the 150 players in front of us have we not backed? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's just that I yeah I, I get it. I think that is it was just so obvious, and and even when he looked like he was in trouble, it still seemed so easy. I mean, a couple of the shots that he hit. I mean. I think Mark Rowe was saying they were the best shots he's ever seen, which I thought were a bit hyperbolic. Oh, that's okay. guy sports for you. Uh, um, you know, when you've watched as much golf as he has, probably up in up personal when he, he comes out the statements like that, I find that quite interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, he's 14 to 1. Like you say, if he wins this week, I'll move on just fine. If he won last week at 33 to 1, you feel like a bit of a dick. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> Jordan Smith isn't going to make the same amount of putts I'm convinced as he did last week I thought it was actually his ball striking that let him down down the stretch yesterday um, which he would normally rely on him on plus he had to keep pushing because he said in his interview that Nikolai wasn't going to take his foot off the gas and, and rightly so so um, I just don't see him making the same amount of putts and he's, he's that bit shorter rightly so this week so I was quite happy to rule out the top two um, Jason where was your first sort of line of thinking here then now, the first line of thinking was I thought this was a recap um, of the week's weekend events. But as we're going on... Well, well to... I, th- I thought we'd recap uh, going to this one, then recap going in. Oh, right, rolled sorry. nicely okay. into it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, well, we can edit that bit out then. Right. <laughs> um, my, my first pick on the market is Hao Tung Lee, um, who uh, is uh, more than double the price of Nikolai Hogard, and is bigger than Adri Anaus, believe it or not. But anyway... Um, how Tung Lee, Brad, uh, you put him up after um, a reasonable um, performance. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 reasonable effort down there. Um, he missed the cut. Um, he's now come back. Um, it's about. Look, I, I, I probably can't get the fella right to be honest with you, but on mm. overall class, I don't understand why he's thirty-five to one given what he did last week. We can overrate the sixty-three final round if you want to. But he seems to have more consistency now. 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, got we know he's got that singing in China. He's well, I think you put him up in Abu Dhabi, didn't you, Brad? If I'm not mistaken, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he started all right with 70, messed up with 78. That's fine. Came back again, goodbye. And then last week looked looked really good. Um, for me, everything was about um, T, obviously T Green approaches here. You know, if you can if you can smack it off the tee, then as you saw with Nikolai, you know you've got massive advantages here, slightly smaller greens. How Tung Lee led the approaches last week. Yeah, rank number one. Um, that's based on that's based on ranking 67th in the first round. They then went 67th, then went ninth, second, second, ranking Tita Green, uh, which for me shows that he obviously he was cold. Uh, then mm-hmm. suddenly took a liking to it. He was top 20 in greens in regulation. There's there's plenty there. I mm-hmm. mean you could, but you know, I, I think these are tournaments that you don't really need to. Um, you go on, go on too much about. It, to be honest with you, um, he's got the links form, which you know I like. He's obviously got form in much, much higher class. Uh, well, that's me, it. Not, I think that's the that's the, the thing, though, mate. He has got that form. You know, when he, he is a still a, even though of his recent form, he is that he is Hao Tong Lee. He's achieved a lot, and he it's just uh, it's a big name. It's a big name in this field. If he's returning yeah, to the, any kind of shape or form of that, then it's, it looks a nice nice take this week. I mean, yeah, like you say, you know, we know he beat Rory uh, down the stretch in Dubai, beats the Hatton in the state, you know, Hatton was third. I, I, I don't know if he's back to form. Nobody knows, really, because he does no. that, and then he goes off and goes missing. But, at first, I mean, I'd rather take 35 to 1, so, uh, first five, than take the extra couple of places at 28, because I think he's the type that will seriously challenge or not particularly come anywhere. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, 35 to 1, I, I think he's the wrong price, I must be honest. Yeah, and you're going to get these people that, you know, you say all the time, Jason, that he, he goes off at 300s, and he goes off at 175s, and he goes off at 125, and he goes, I can't believe you're back in the house, I'm going to be at 35 to 1. But the accumulation of good finishes uh, changes what price he's at, especially when he's done it on the course the week before, and especially yeah. well, when his consistency kicks in. But he, he's, he's, he's next to Justin Harding in the market. Well, I like Justin Harding, but he's thrown away four tournaments now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's not, I mean, and he's, Harding's nowhere near the grade of, of Pao Tong Lee, if he's right. Laurie Canto, we know, can't get over a line. Yeah, admittedly, the call should suit. That's it. Um, yeah. But he's only five. He's basically the same price all the way along the line. Um, it's just, just I, I think it's wrong. I think he should be closer to twenty-five to one, mm. uh, and that's all I'd lay. Yeah, I like it. No, that's fair enough. I like that. I thought that this little range was quite interesting. I thought, I thought I was going to go back to the world with Adrian Moronk and didn't. Um, yeah. If if it happens, it happens. Um, it will be disappointing, but. 25 to 1s is, is That'll be another Nick. Like, you can just see us. Of course it is. Yeah, like, it was I was on him the week before, and I think you probably might have been as well, mate, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I was on him last week, and I, yeah. and I wanted him to now. drop down in the market. Bearing in mind, we, we've got, I don't know whether I think Arnaus is going to win or not, is, is irrelevant. I, he's in the market and takes the price Especially up. Especially how he performed last week. Yeah, so, exactly. And then and he's won here before. I think he's um, quite a worthy. Like, Top yeah, candidate, I, to I, be honest. I thought he would push Moronk down. I thought the inclusion of Harding would push Moronk down. Rafa Cabrera Bellows here. Like I, th- I thought all of a sudden you'd get sort of 35s, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. a bit bigger about Moronk, and, and it didn't happen. Again, do I, do I, um, do I regret just waiting for a bigger do you price? Think he and... put too much pressure on himself last week. Probably. Maybe before yeah. he thought this is an ideal opportunity. I've placed well here before on the Challenge Tour. Um, you know, I'm due to win, and you know, you must think that. I mean, everyone's got that idea. Well, I think that they're going to win, but 
don't it's know. The, it's the argument, isn't it? Like if we can see it, they must be able to, mustn't they? Yeah. Like, if yeah, if exactly. we know they're really good at striking the ball, and 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 we know that they come second in this golf course before, they have the same lines of thinking. Although mm. Jordan Smith said that he in one week, one breath said that he remembers everything about this week and never forgets it, and then when he was doing an interview with Tim Barter, said he couldn't remember any of the holes. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, no. It's, it's in, yeah, I think it is a bit of that. I think he sort of went, I should be winning. Um, this golf course is somewhere I've nearly done it before and I can yeah. give it a bash and that's it. And, you know, he, he got found out a bit. So it, mm. it will sting if he wins, but he'll win. Um, JB Hansen was my first selection. Um, I, was, I was close to him last week. He has gone out in price a little bit, uh, at the 45 to 1, 40 uh, with, the, with the more places. Um, and, and he was solid. He was 15th after 54 holes. Didn't didn't quite get the low rounds he needed to, but kept threatening to. Uh, 15th, like I say, after 54. I think that's that's fine for me. Uh, it means that he was, you know, he wasn't really within touching distance in the end, but he was there. Um, I think he can find a lot better. He was he was average in terms of his ball striking compared to normal. So I think there's room for for growth on the golf course and uh you know he, he's backed up his his wins so I'm, I'm happy to go with jb hansen uh at 45 to 1 but second selection brad is someone that we both agree on so i'll let you do uh the talking on sean norris sean norris yeah well big sean he, he did really well last week didn't he <laughs> great and rapid yeah <laughs> He's an absolute lump of a man. But yeah, no, it's great to see see him come and play some DP World Tour events while the Japanese tour is taking a break. It's just it's mad to think he's never won outside of Asia and South Africa. But I suppose even if he was to win this week, it would still be classed as Asia. But it it would be his first DP World title, which just seems strange, really. I feel like he should have had one. But anyway, he's a birdie machine. I was on him in Japan when he finished um, 21 under to eventually win in the playoff at the Golf Partner Pro-Am. I took him that week for similar reasons that I'm taking him this week. He can give himself a lot of birdie opportunities. He was elite ball striking and he's a pretty damn good at converting them as well. He's ranked seventh in putting on the Japanese tour, uh, 20th in driving distance, second birdie or better, um, seventh in eagles, 11th in greens in regulations. Just solid and um he was really good last week three rounds of 68 and a closing 69 to finish tied ninth gained on the field in all shot game metrics and was 16th to the green he's another one who made like the, the most of the easier holes um i think there's a guy on twitter uh, matt shot gained yeah. to green give him a shout oh, out brilliant. he's yeah, a brilliant yeah. follow um he compiles all the stats and he had, a, he had this brilliant picture that he uploaded of all the, the best uh, scores across the easy holes. And, uh, yeah, Norris had a combined score of 13 under. So, yeah, I, I'm thinking he improves on that performance this week. Um, you know, very experienced. And after a good look at the course, he'll have that fire in his belly, hopefully, to get that first win. I'm of the same feeling of you in the sense that if you win as much as you do um in japan which i think is more competitive than people give it credit for i think his asian tour success is very solid you know i think we've we've seen in the past these players come over and then on the flip side of that you had like jiong kim who didn't really make the impact that you wanted him to in saudi which got tougher as it went on Mm. um but this isn't that great right this is barely a step up from the japanese and asian tour stuff really um you know aside well, it'll be interesting when we get that japanese event mate because yeah there'll be a few surprises people never heard of before in the japanese tour that um yeah 
yeah, that will go up. Yeah, we'll compete with these boys. And and that's the thing. I think you 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 won't find out until they do play. And you, you see them mm-hmm. now. They're sort of that's competing majors at times and things like that. And and you think, you know, what, what's coming from here? You know, as I said earlier, he, he, he's thirty nine years of age. Like he's no, he's no spring chicken. It's not like we're we're getting a real hot talent off the Asian tour. It's just a guy that, when you look at it, like he, he genuinely has improved as a golfer in his later years. And and I don't mind seeing that. Like yeah. I'm. You know, he was sixth last year in Abu Dhabi, and he he felt like he was one of the people that could really push for that title. And, and you know, obviously he didn't, and he was a fair bit shy in the end. But while everyone else was dropping away, he shot at sixty five on the final day, didn't he? And Lee Westwood won. Um, I want to say he done it somewhere else as well. But you know, just generally speaking, like a couple of times I've seen him in the coverage, it, it feels like he's going to stick there, and and he has done so. Um, Pleased to see that, and, and I thought the 50 to 1 was, was decent enough, so I've uh, joined there on Sean Norris. Um, Jason, any more for you in the kind of 50 to 1 range? Uh, not in that range, just slightly outside. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he does count as part of the outline 60s. Matthew Pavon, or Matthew yep. Pavon, I suppose. I mean, Matthew Jordan was another one that's the same price as him. He was, he's going to really annoy me when he wins, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. And this is, to Wherever be fair, if you, look, if you look at the links thing, this is up his street but hey ho um we haven't gone for him anyway uh, we've got max Bavon. um where's my reasons they are here somewhere oh yeah um last week well i'll tell you the very simple thing if i'm considering that it's uh the alpha daniel links and portugal which worked last week then two of his best performances recently are 12 at the links and then obviously runner up in portugal he could have won um probably slightly naive i think in contention um but that's you know Tom Hoagie was for a number of years, so it doesn't really matter. You know, they win in the end. Uh, his figures are just fantastic. I mean, Tita Green, he's just been finding shots everywhere. Um, he's top 20 consistently. Tita Green in the fields. I mean, it, again, it's in front of you on tour tips. Six and a half, five, seven and bits, five and a half, and uh, nine and point six shots gained. Tita Green, his last five, he's absolutely striking the ball perfectly. Um, he just needs a half-decent putting week for me. He, he's going to love it here. He's long. Um, he is the sort of person I'm not saying he's in Hogarth's class but you know he's very similar um, in his approach and um, yeah I, I, I don't see why he's it's because he's a maiden that he's 60 to 1 to be honest I think rather than the form not saying he should be much shorter but I think it's an outlier I think the 40-45 especially if you're playing top 7 places is it I think this week uh, there yeah. might be a top 8 I can't remember um I love it. I think I think we've got, like I say, we've got recent. I mean, I'm looking at form at those sort of two or three places over five years. This fella's done it in the last six months, mm-hmm. um, and he comes here, you know, off that runner-up at Portugal, played really well in Dubai, top twenty, third last week. That's I'm happy. That's you know, I keep, I'm keeping it simple this year. It seems to be working, and uh, he fits. Apart from the fact, you know, if he'd have had a one by his name anywhere on the Challenge Tour. Yeah. You won't worry about it. Um, but like I say, you know, Tom Hoagie won at 60 um, and uh, beat, you know, a world, you know, world-class players. Mm. So why can't Matthew Pavon just repeat what he's doing at the relevant courses and job done? He can finish uh, in a playoff with uh, Hao Tong Lee. I, I tried to back <laughs> him in either Abu Dhabi or Dubai. I can't remember which one it yeah. was. And he withdrew uh, in both yeah. of those, didn't he? I remember he? you I, mentioned him. Yeah. And then I tried to back him first-round leader 
uh, definitely at Dubai, and he pulled out before the off. So uh, I've, I've tried to back him um, <laughs> at, at fancy prices, and uh, now yeah, he comes yeah. third place. Um, but he's come back, sorry, Tom, yeah, as you say, he's come on. back after a couple of months and, and done that after a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so clearly there was an issue, whatever yep. it might have been. I didn't look it up. Um, he's had the new year, he's come back, and, you know, if he comes on a bit from that around the same course, he's got the potential. We saw that in Portugal. He was brilliant. Um the majority of it, he was just naive. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you look at the fields, he, you know, you could replace Peters who he comes second to with Hogard at the moment, uh, when he was second at Portugal, his third last week on the golf course, 19th in Dubai, which was a, a decent enough event, and 20th in Mallorca. Like, it's a it's a really solid run of four results, and you're 41st at Valderrama doesn't necessarily suit, and 12th at Daniel Links. Like, it's been long-term, really. I know you had that sort of really poor run of missed cuts in between the Scottish Open and the Dunhill Links, but Again, two decent events where top twelve. So I think, I think his progress is being overlooked a little bit purely because he is that little bit inconsistent, um, and, and maybe that would be to uh, to our avail. So yep, yeah, I like that one. Um, Brad, you're one in this range as well. Yep, yeah, I've got a couple in this range. Um, first up, Jason's favourite, Shinquin. I just couldn't ignore how good he was. T to green last week. He was ranked third despite only finishing in a tie for twenty first. He's improved his putting over the years, but last week was just terrible. He lost 1.32 strokes putting, which stopped him from having any chance of contending. Surely, got to expect an improvement in that department this week. Um, and as Matt again from Shots Going T to Green, he gave me this information this morning that he made the most of the easier holes with a combined score of 12 under. And uh, that what holes are they? Holes 1, 3, 8, 13... 14 and 18, which are the par fives and the short par fours. And um, he had 14 drives over 330 yards. So he is putting it out there, which is what is needed on this track. And yeah, it's all very encouraging and uh, happy to take him at 55 to 1. It's it's purely putting, isn't it? With Callum Shing, mm. we had a little discussion on him. You said obviously has has you know he has improved, doesn't he? And Patin sort of confirmed it to yourself. And I said, well, he has. It's still crap, but it just isn't <laughs> as crap as it was before. Um, and that's all that matters with these guys, Tee Green, right? You know, they they need to progressively get less crap, and when they do, they'll win. Um, Jason's been very high on Callum Shinkman for a long time. Um, he's got the perfect skill set for this. So, yep, quite happy with Shinkman. I, I wanted bigger personally. I, I view Callum Shinkman as a hundred to one golfer, but that's just my bias and. This yeah. isn't an event that he's going to be 100 to 1 in, so it's, it's virtually a pointless right, argument. Yeah. Um, Daniel Van Tonder. That's someone I definitely can't watch hit balls off the tee. Oh, he aims not, so not, far right. It's it's, it's not a pretty action, is it, either? It's just, uh... I can't believe how repeatable it is because he literally goes for this like slinging draw, which yeah. isn't really a draw. He just launches it out He's a great it's character, big... though. I do, I do love him, but he's entertaining. But, yeah, I'm not a fan of his swing. But, yeah, I'm jumping back on. I was on him last week at 110, which I thought was massive. And I think, on paper, it's a great fit for him. And he did show that towards the end of the round. Oh, end of the tournament, sorry, where he finished his uh, with a round of 65 and was first on approach and first tee to green. So, as usual, his biggest strength is his power. Um, but that was actually, and also just off the tee in general, and that was just letting him down last week. It did improve in round three and four, and he did finish in a respectful tied 13th. Um, and I just think he's going to improve this week. And uh, he missed the cut in Kenya. Then the following week, 
one on the same course a bit different but hoping for a similar improvement here so yeah yeah I, I just I don't know what it is I think the thing is with Van Sonder right is that you know what his upside is and he's volatile and, the, and volatile keeps coming up a lot in golf betting at the moment that mm. it's it's almost a good thing like Colin Morikawa is volatile with his putting. He can gain as many strokes as he loses. Um, he's not someone that just consistently hovers around zero. And hovering around zero is pointless, whereas if you can gain seven and lose seven, it doesn't really matter. Um, Daniel Van Tonder can just all of a sudden get hot with his irons and driver and all of a sudden contend the golf tournament. So, yeah, he's a winner, isn't he? I think when he, he, gets, his, when he gets a sniff, he's like, uh, he's got to contend, which I, I like that. He, he broke my heart not that long ago, didn't he? Uh, in that... Uh, South Africa event with Oliver Becker so um, yeah I, I, I've kind of not forgiven him for that and maybe that <laughs> takes some put time for him. yeah it's, it's, it's still a wound that I'm I'm licking that it, I can't even believe he got over that water to even have the chance to make the part let alone make it um, there was a few in this range for me though like I, I was in like Larafa Bell's form has been ridiculous like I can't get him right and whenever he looks like he's going to play well he doesn't and when he's 33 and 50 to 1 he doesn't play well and suddenly he's 150 so I've left him out for those reasons but his form has got to be looked at I think um, Scott Jameson keeps playing well Marcus Armitage yeah. keeps striking the absolute shit out of the ball and, and if I could oh, putt yeah. for him he'd have a chance um, Jason I'm surprised you didn't go with Adrian Otegi yeah well you can't do everything can you <laughs> um, he, he just didn't appear. I mean, it, you know, like I said, you, I'm trying to do less of voicing an opinion on what you see on the television and more of what they're actually doing. And Otegi doesn't come into the two lists that, that I'm looking for. So, you know, he'll have to win. Yep, that's fair enough. Well, his putting was ridiculous last week. Otegi, Otegi, I can't even say his name. But yeah, it was <laughs> just like... The holes were buckets for him. I forgot what round it forgot what round it was, but it was just part he's, after part from any distance. Ridiculous. He's sort of reminding me of um, somebody like Bjork, to be honest with you. It's like he's doing well in 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 good events, and I just can't get the them right. You know, mm. just can't do it. So um, if they don't appear in the list, then they don't. You know, they're not back. So. You know, yeah. that's it I, I think I, I, I kind of respect that that, that line you've drawn there because I think it has served you well recently and uh, why uh, detract from that um, coming into the hundreds and hundreds and bigger now I think um, Ross Fisher for me is just he's hitting the ball incredibly well I've given up on Ross Fisher for a while uh, I thought this might have been his, his last hurrah and uh, suddenly you look in his ninth and fifth off the tee in the last two weeks uh, last week, even ninth strokes going tee to green, tenth and approach, and finished eighteenth. Which, given how well he shot the ball, could have possibly been the worst he could have finished. So, uh, Ross Fisher, I really like him. Jason, I think you like him as well. Yeah, I like him. I mean, again, if you want to talk about links players, the only issue I've got with Ross Fisher is um, is, is whether it's going to be hard enough. For him. You know, whether yeah. he can get to twenty-two under, which mm. you know, given they've had given they've had a, a run out round here. Um, can he do that? He'd much rather it was harder and windier, wouldn't he? But like you say, three figures, you know, you, you can't have everything perfect. No. Um, yeah, I like him. I like I like the way that, um, again, you know, he was shocking in the first round, a bit like Jiren, um, really, a bit a bit like Ha Sung Lee. You know, he was shocking in the first round with his approaches and then just improved over the weekend. And he does do that, though. You know what Fish is going to do. He's, he's totally exposed, isn't he? But if you go yeah. back on his, on his form, it's everywhere in the right place. So, 
yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you, mate. Yeah, I mean, Oman, you know, Portugal, you know, everything is right. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Three figures, uh, uh, he's, he's a cheap buy for me. I kind of I, I sort of put this to Duncan in the sense of could he see the course being set up in any other way that they could uh, make it tougher the second week if the scores got out of hand and he basically said there wasn't an opportunity for that. So it's wishful thinking that it might toughen up. But Eduardo Molinari tweeted out that they put some really good pins out there one of the rounds and he said that they, they were on the edge of the greens and um, that's how golf should be played. So I think that they can do some bits here and, and maybe if it's like you say, it does toughen up for him, then that would be a bonus. Um, David Law, Brad, I don't know. I don't think that he's come in as much as I thought he would. Like, you know, he was 175 to 1 last week when I had zero interest in him. Um, when you look back and he's playing so well uh, through 54 holes, you look at it and he finished 11th, 19th, and 25th uh, on the golf course and was actually 5th after 54 holes in that yeah. first effort and 8th after 36. He was, he's been in the top 8 uh, in, what is it, like 10 of his, you know, I've got 32 rounds here. Uh, no, that's, that's completely poor math. 16 rounds here. Um, so I, I'm surprised that he was as long as he is still 100. Very times. surprised. Like, yeah. What by, is it, 125s, mate? Yeah, is you it? get 125s, five places or 100s uh, generally. And I just think that, I just think that's bizarre. Like, I, I know that he wasn't, he did what he did in contention, um, but we have seen him win in tough mm. conditions. He was really bullish about his game afterwards. I know he was clearly he's going to be disappointed. And I think a lot of it is kind of lying to yourself to cheer yourself up a bit, right? Um, I think there's an element of that. But he didn't seem too despondent. It didn't seem like he was going to come out this week and, and think he can't win. No, no, exactly. And this just seems um, he shouldn't be that price, like, especially as he's one of the few players in the field that has played this course like the most out of any other any other person in the field so he's got a lot of experience and as you said he was in contention for a lot about a lot of the week and um yeah i just think that's um there's certainly some value there to go back yeah. in him. that's uh that's 16 rounds at this golf tournament not 32 like i uh, incorrectly stated about 20 seconds ago um brad if you give us your other couple of you know your, your longer shots here we've got three haven't you a trio of haven't yet, shots. Sorry. i couldn't can help myself <laughs> um but yeah i'll start with uh one that i took last week at 200 to one but he's dropped 50 points but i got an extra place with Boyle. Uh, so i've got connor syme at um 150 to one um eight places and yeah, I decided to jump back on him. I think he showed glimpses last week. He was scoring well. Um, but he just struggled to back up a decent round with another. And he's in that category of players that we always go on about, you know, that probably should have had their first European Tour win by now, for example, like Cantor and Arnaus. Um, but he was good. He was solid last week. He statistically gained on all shot game metrics and finished a respectable tied 27th. I mean, it's pretty solid. Can be quite persistent with players if they're showing enough promise and um yeah i think he can build on that display this week and i'm happy to chance him at them odds yeah i don't think you're going to get them for very long if he, if he starts showing consistently again like we saw him uh during the you know the return from golf and he was very consistent for a long time looked like he was going to break through and he didn't show enough to me to, to kind of flash up I, I, I was surprised you went to him last week I don't, mm. you know so he didn't then sort of kick on from there. But um, like you say, if, if you find anything, as Jason always says, and as I say as well, now he said it, that 
you know anything kind of triple digits if you like one thing um or or they haven't you know if you had something in mind that you wanted him to do last week and he did it mm. and and didn't quite go further then that's great like he doesn't really need to do too much so yeah i like that the the other two you got there as well yep um so uh hilly kill day uh 150 to one um but i think that price is long gone now but anything triple digits is really good about him um graduated from the challenge tour last year um won the road to mallorca it's just a top danish talent another one like nikolai norgard moller and uh rasmus it's just uh danish golf is just in a really good place at the minute and um i'm hoping marcus uh can follow suit from nikolai this week it's a tough big ask but He's got so much potential and uh, he's had three events to settle into this tour now. And uh, it doesn't look great on the eye. He's had two missed cuts and a tired 42nd at the Abu Dhabi. But I think this is just a new experience for him. I can't imagine he's played too much golf in this part of the world. And what he has about this event, which he hasn't in the others, is that he has a little bit of knowledge of the course from last week. He only narrowly missed the cut with rounds of 74 and then bounced back with a 68. So I, I quite like the fact he actually missed the cut because I think we get him at a much better number this week and I think he'll be hungry to get after it this week after that round. Yep, I like the line of thinking and probably a similar line of thinking uh, with, with Jack Kroisvik as well. Yep, that's right. Um, he's just uh, a monstrous player off the tee. Another big hit in South Africa. This is the third one I've got. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> seems to be a theme. There's a theme here. here, yeah. Yeah, there's certainly a theme. Um, but yeah, he should be very little theoretically speaking gets so much joy on this course you know he's most of his joy last year uh, he was second in stroke average it all came from his uh, elite long game and um, I think he can really make the most of this course um, he, obviously it was his first event back last week and he opened with a 77 which I'm just going to put completely down to rust because um, then he bounced back with a 68 and that is what caught my eye. And, um, yeah, I just think his biggest downfall is his temperament. He's very hot-headed. He can easily turn one bad hole into three or four bad holes out of nowhere. Um, but, yeah, I think with them signs showed in round two, there's a lot of upside at taking him at 150 to one. If his long game is on point, he's going to make the most of them par four, five, sorry, and short par fours. So, and give himself lots of opportunities. So, yeah, I think he's a good bet. I think he's a good bet. Yep, I like a lot of that. Jason, as I have uh, missed your voice over the last few minutes, uh, why don't you kick us off with our long shot? Um, well, I've got two in, two in between, which I want to back in some way, which is um, uh, Lucas Nemich, probably, yep. that's how you say mm. and uh, uh, Alfredo Garcia Heredia. Who, who You know, Garcia Heredia has, has, has popped up occasionally on the European tour. Plays particularly well in Spain, admittedly. Um, as, as I've been looking as I'm listening to you lot um, I'm sort of not thinking they're the greatest value in the world to be honest with you 100, 150 uh, but um, Nemec I'm guessing that's what he's, how you say it he was top 15 in both um, greens and tee to green last week um, which always has to catch the eye I know he's not particularly young 30 um, we've not seen a lot of him I don't know what he can do but um at the end of the day, what he did last week was impressive, and he's playing the same track. So um, we'll see what happens with him. Um, I, 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 there's something about, I'll just say Garcia, I just can't be asked to say his full name. Not, not um, Sergio. It, no, not Sergio. <laughs> yeah, but there's loads of them. There's Sebastian, isn't there? He's in that case, isn't he? Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's a bit more level-headed, his old Alfred. Um, there's something about there's something about him, and and I, I I genuinely don't know what it is, but there's something that makes me want to back him this week. Um, I know he led, like I say, he led the Greens through three rounds, and he led them again after four, which for me is great because it doesn't mean that you know he he's gone away after, you know, when it actually counts. There's something there. I don't know how to play him, but he's there in some manner somehow that I can't explain at the moment. <laughs> Do you know how old Alfredo Garst, uh, Heredia Garcia is? 23, probably. 24. No. Yeah, he's, he's 40 years of age. There we are, see? You had me worried there, because all this time I was thinking he was around in, in his 40s. And then yeah, but you see, actually, we're going to come on. When we do the PGA, I've got virtually the same thing to say, but about another player. I like it. I think... Um, no, I think just talking about that level-headed thing, I sort of look back into it a little bit, and yeah, 40 years of age, Alfredo Garcia Redis, so and no wonder he's calmer than old Sebastian Garcia, Rodriguez, uh, maybe even Sergio. But um, he's not going to be. I mean, you know, Sebastian's going to be like, you know, he's a he's the hybrid, isn't he? He's the hybrid of Sergio and Pablo. He's just like he looks the same. He looks like he could be their kid, and he's he's an absolute lunatic. But he's probably be first round leader. First round leader. Yeah. The difference is that, that Alfred, obviously, I know he's had a lot longer to do it than, than Lucas, 10 years more, but at least he has done it. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, he played well last week, so, you know, what do you want in life? No, exactly. There's a, I, think, I think there's a there's a way that we can fall into a trap of two ends of the spectrum. You can either fall into a trap of overvaluing what they've done last week and also trying to get too smart with it by thinking they did well last week don't back on this week because I've tried to find the right yeah. balance of that. Yeah, and I, I think you can. I think you can go both ways. So there's a difference to it. I'm going to cap off my pick with uh, Oliver Wilson. Um, I do feel like I'm going to end up following off a cliff a little bit at some point. But I sort of mentioned last week on the podcast that he has spent so much time on his social media, uh, dedicated his game to, to gaining a bit of distance over the winter, just posting a lot on social media. And I think you can't be posting that much and be crap like you don't see smiley kaufman posting all these swings on instagram um when he does i'll probably back him and then i'll probably lose a lot of money um because i do use that as a, th- a barometer that if they're if they're out there publicly exposing themselves they must think that something's coming together and i, I thought it was i thought the fact that he was he's coming to a golf course he played before i was pretty impressed with uh, his chances and i spoke to him on tuesday or wednesday uh, about his game and he said that he was in good shape but he was really jet lagged and, and was struggling to sort of get going with that and obviously coming over from America that didn't help him and the first round was slower I think he shot a 73 so he finished 27th place um, but he was 14th off the tee and I think he's sneakily gained a lot of distance uh, in this off season he's he chased it I think he posted a picture on Instagram saying he had a 360 odd yard drive Um well, I think he actually averaged 360. It's probably taken over two holes. Um, and he probably hit a cart path or something. So there probably wasn't um, too much substance to it. And, and I probably could be falling down a trap. But I do think, Jason, and, and hopefully you'll agree with some of this, I do think he is trending in the right direction with his ball striking. Um, and certainly if he's going to do something uh, before he sort of hangs it up, it's going to be in this sort of class. Absolutely agree with you. Yeah, yeah I think 200 one's massive. Um, he was 116th in approaches after the first round. Yeah. Um, he then led led second round, fourth, and eventually finishes just inside the top 30. Yeah, I agree. I think you've summed it up well. And I think at 201 on a course that should suit, if he's feeling if he's feeling you know happy with his game, I know I know you you know you know him, and um, 
I'm happy for you to uh, yeah put him up and uh, yeah let's go. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I don't think he's someone that would. I think he's always optimistic about from talking to him. I think he's always positive. Like, I think he knows he's a good golfer. So maybe even when the going gets tough, he knows he's good. But when he had kind of like basically the driver yips or whatever he had. Um, I think he was quite honest about it and his, and his assessment of his game. And I think now, just seeing a bit of confidence in him is uh, it's exciting, and I hope he goes well. well I got of course, of course, sorry, of course, his only win is uh, very relevant Dunhill. to my this week, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, on, I got to ask. Um, why was he travelling from America? That's where he lives now. He lives he out lives, there. He lives oh. in Carolina or somewhere like that. Um, <laughs> recently moved out there, which. Now that we're going to go on another break for the European Tour because they postponed the Hero Indian Open, that's probably going to have the same issue when you it comes out next time. You reckon he'll do some like, Monday cues or something? Potentially. I'll, uh, I'll, I will throw the question to him. Whether he replies or not is uh, another question, but um, I will at least ask. Um, let's have a chat about the Saudi International before we come on to the Phoenix Open and our yes, picks there. Yes. Brad, well done with Harold Varner III. Yeah, um, well done. Yeah, yeah. I am absolutely delighted that he won that because I was saying that Bubba Watson looked a big price uh, for a regular event. Didn't back him because I thought he'd spent his winter selling books rather than playing golf. And it looked like he was going to win. Um, and Harold Varner goes and makes an eagle putt that he'll never make ever again in his entire life. Never. He, he um, could have a thousand balls and he'd never, yeah. he'd never do that. The good thing is, is I genuinely banked on the fact that he wouldn't even make a birdie there. But I, I, I was, I was just saying, dustbin lid, dustbin lid. Get it inside yeah. that range and try and get your birdie putt and, you know, have a chance in the playoff. But Christ, once he got over that ridge, I didn't <laughs> think it was going to get over there, honestly. I thought, oh, he hasn't hit it. He hasn't hit it. It's not even going to get over that ridge. And then it just got better and better. And obviously the wind was helping it as well. And it's it was just ridiculous. I, 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 brought, I brought the house down. I, fucking, <laughs> I went mental. He, he did as well. He was excited. Yeah, it was lovely. Um, lovely. It's, he's such a good bloke as well, isn't he? I think every, I mean, Bubba's reaction was awesome. Such a good yeah. sportsman. Um, it was just a brilliant moment. I mean, Fleetwood, bless him, first burst went straight up to him. Um, our house followed. I mean, it was just everyone was just delighted. You know, it, was just, it says uh, a lot about him if everyone was kind of congratulating him. Wasn't yeah, it? you can see because he was chatting with everyone all the way around, and you know what? He looked calm. Has anything? It was, he was distilling calmness on me. Watching, I've never had that watching <laughs> Varna, and I was just like, Do you know what? It's You'll never have it again either. It was this could be his time, and then that double, and I'm thinking no, and then Bubba finished like an absolute trojan, and you think, oh, it's over, and then he he ma- he matched his finish, you know, birdie, eagle. It was just sublime. Uh, it was one of the best finishes I've seen. Honestly, and I really enjoyed the tournament as well. I know it's a bit controversial, but I absolutely loved it. It was a really good, really good test and a nice mix of players of all levels. I I was pleasantly surprised with how much people struggled at that event, and I know the wind obviously came into into play a lot. Like it was it was really blustery, but there was a lot of a lot of bad scoring, like really like a lot of doubles and a lot of Seriously bogeys. Like, yep. I don't think I've ever, apart from when Dustin Johnson went back to back 80s, I don't think I've ever seen him struggle so much as he did then. Xander Schauffele made two doubles on Sunday. That not necessarily the most surprising thing with uh, Xander Schauffele in contention, but generally speaking, like just even like Cameron Smith was making a lot of bogeys on the he, Saturday. He couldn't make a putt, and you know, so, like he's just normally so solid. It's, you know, what did Tommy Fleetman made five bogeys down the stretch between eleven and seventeen? It was just it was just carnage there. And the the danger I think with this event is that because we saw that amazing reaction, this is there could not have been 
a better scenario for the Saudis oh, no. than Harold Varner making that putt and <laughs> Bubba Watson running out to him and giving him a massive hug and Fleetwood hugging him because right. it just washes our mind of everything that was there for five minutes thinking what a lovely thing to happen to Harold <laughs> Varner and really it, it's absolutely atrocious still yes. um, but Mickelson will be over there soon uh, Dustin will probably be over there Poulter and Westwood will be over there so uh, we'll get used to seeing some more scenes Varner's oh, certainly added certainly. a lot to his price so, as Va- well Varner will certainly be going over there I don't think yeah. he's uh, you know he, I don't think he's necessarily going to translate this to the PGA Tour so um, if he can just gain wins outside of the country then yeah. absolutely I mean, that's fine what, that's what led me to take him because when he had I was like I can't, can't really take him on the PGA I mean he never wins but you know outside of USA, he has that win in Australia, similar conditions, you know, windy conditions. It just yeah. as we the a playoff thing. loss, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, there was there was some good finishes for some of the um, you know the Asian sort. Steve Luton was tied Steve fourth. Luton was huge. That was a Killer massive check. Yeah. Tied eighth. Uh, Brad Kennedy fourteenth. You know, there was some really really good performances. Obviously, Takumi Kanaya was up there as well. So. Um, yeah. Ratchanon didn't hang on. I'm not going to try and pronounce his uh, surname tonight. Um, but he did not stay uh, the course in the end um, over the weekend. But, you know, there, there was some good stuff there. Um, it was a great field. I mean, I really did enjoy the, the field of players, at least. Mm. It was a case of too many events last week. There was there was Pebble that takes about 10 hours to watch a round. There was Razel Kamar that just had, um, you know, a lot going on with Hoygaard. Driving greens and then the Saudi was just... Uh, a hot, you know, a hot mess for a lot of the golfers. So, um, yeah, too much going on, really. But uh, mm-hmm. Jason, any thoughts on the Saudi international before we go on to Phoenix? No, I watched more of the um, Leona Maguire's win than I did Saudi. Give, give us a little summary of uh, Leona Maguire's uh... different gear, absolutely different gear. Solid. She's gonna. We know she can play well in majors. We know what she's done in the Solheim Cup. This was always coming. I mean, at some point, um, and she's gonna be, she's gonna be up there. Where you know you've got. You've got the Nellies and people like that who want a low-scoring course, um, totally rely on their on their you know long game. Um, the only Maguire's gonna, well, I mean, it, as befits her sort of nationality, if you like. She's the harder it gets, I think, the better she'll be. Um, and this is just the start. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quite right that everybody made a big deal about it, to be honest with you, because it was brilliant. And she's um, on the way. She's going to be absolutely different gear. She will win a major. Definitely. First, first Irish woman to win on the LPGA. LPGA tour. Um, yeah. So that was really exciting to see. Oh, born to born to play golf. I mean, at the end of the day, that's been her whole life, hasn't it? So. Um, I think I think she yeah. spoke about uh, the the kind of pressure that was on her, not in a negative way, but she goes back to this kind of little small town in Ireland, and you know she's a big star over there, especially after the Ryder Cup and. Whilst it's really nice to chat to everyone, everyone's kind of asking when she's going to win and when she's going to break through. And, mm. you know, to do that with that amount of pressure on your shoulders is, uh, you know, really oh, impressive. Absolutely gagged up. Yeah. She's got the game for it. Mm. I, I like that. I think it was uh, definitely a positive story. I did, I did see Harold Varner's last putt, though. That, that, was, that was good. I did yeah, watch it was, that. It was good. It was, it was a nice was weekend of breakthrough winners, actually, wasn't it? Absolutely. Uh, Who would ever thought Varner. them two would win in the same uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harold Viner, Tom Hoagie, and then you add in Leona Maguire as well as uh, her first win. It was first a winner, yeah. it was a positive, uh, positive wins all round. Cupid may work hard in February, but our friends at Manscaped are working harder than ever to ensure that your Valentine's Day is one to remember. Don't turn this day of romance into Independence Day this year, and get in control with their Performance Package 4.0, which includes a signature lawnmower. 
This February, join 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code LFW20. That is LFW20 on the Lost for Words podcast. Contrary to popular belief, love is not blind when you can't see past the love jungle. Folks, we know how important it is to have clean, fresh golf balls, but it is also your balls that we must prioritise on Valentine's Day. And the Performance Package 4.0 will leave you with more dating app notifications than Cupid has arrows. This lovely bundle comes equipped with the best tools needed when freshening up for a night on the town and a date night with your young lady. So once again, that is code LFW20 for 20% off and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Fellas, look after your balls both on and off the golf course in February. Over to the Phoenix Open then, where I think there's possibly going to be less surprises uh, in this event. We know what the tournament is. We've known for a long time uh, you know, what to expect here. Uh, low scoring, desert style track. Uh, same names keep popping up. John Rahm is the 15-2 favourite. Justin Thomas is 12-1. Patrick Cantlay is a standout price of 16, along with Victor Hovland. And Hideki Matsuyama is 18 to 1. Um, Brad, I'll come to you first on this one. Was there any temptation to take any of those group of players I just mentioned? I mean, Hideki, I think, was the temptation. I mean, he's just playing sublime at the moment. And yeah, I think, I mean, and I think him and Hovland, if I was going to go, um, I think there was like 18 to 1 available about Hovland early doors. And yeah, I just think those two both playing some seriously good golf right now and um especially with Hideki's record here that's very appealing um but yeah uh, I didn't I didn't go there but those two were the ones top of the market that I think um yeah well that appealed the most yeah I mean for me like I said at Tory Pines that every time Hideki's 20 to 1 or over for the win I'm going to take him while he's in this form um didn't do what I hoped he would do that week turned out he was carrying a bit of an injury I think um Slightly shorter than the 20s one, but that's because of his fantastic record here. Obviously, two wins. Uh, and I think, has he had a playoff loss here as well? He, he's obviously had some, some really top finishes here. Mm-hmm. But Jason, I think you were tempted by Matsuyama as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, this is a, you know, you don't want to go too far down the board here at Phoenix. Uh, you can see what's required here. It's You can bosh it because there's drivable holes here. You can take advantage of them. A bit like over at Raz, you, you know, you can take advantage of a few of the holes. Um, Kepka was second seat of green. Webb was second seat of green. Ricky's a bit outlier at 19, but then you go um, second, first, and first. You know, when Hideki's won twice, he's been he's led the seat of green stats um, for both. I mean, form repeats here. He's got Masters form, which links in also we obviously with Phil and uh, Ricky Fowler and people like that. I, I think I, I don't understand why he's not shorter. I, I'm not saying. I don't like backing these prices. We all know none of us really like backing these prices. Um, but I can't understand why he's not shorter. He looks he looks certain to trade shorter than 18-1. to 1. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, any news on his injury? I know he had a little bit of an injury. Well, that, that that was my concern, was that he had that niggle at Tory Pines. And, Same with uh, Berger as well. I think he's carrying Berger, something. Yeah, yeah. Berger, I'm definitely worried about Berger. I think we're not going to find out until it's too late so you, any kind of thing like that and I, I yeah. because you don't have the ins and outs if you just hear a little mumble yeah. even it just puts me off and if they win they win so be it but I just yeah. I can't be flirting with the, the idea that they're um, they're a little well, bit well, I, I didn't know anything about Hideki Matsuyama until I went into a Spaces conversation with Rick Gaiman and uh, I think the, the tracker guy for Hideki was, or someone might have been in there it might have been Fitz Hovland's tracker I was like I said that 
he had a bad knee or something. And when you go when you type his name in on Twitter, there's mm. one Japanese correspondent talking about the fact he's carried a, a you know a knee injury, and you think, well, you know, where is this in the yeah. in the in the press conferences? Like All everyone right. was screaming at the press room to ask Daniel Berger last week about his injury, and not one person did. Um, so there is talk that they but should if, have an injury report on the PJ Tour. Go on, Chase. But if he's got an issue, then then the the player the best player in the world at the moment is Victor Hovland. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, let, let none of us, nobody, who wants to back Ram at fifteen to two? We, we full respect him, but really, no. Um, so yeah, the best player in the world at the moment is Victor Hovland. So Batsy Armour has got an issue, but I agree with Brad. I think those two, actually, I, I don't like saying it normally, but mm. they represent, you know, very, very solid. Very. Do you, I hate. I do this a lot, and it's kind of picking on him a little bit. And I, I sort of wrote in my preview that he can just turn it around at any point but I still think there's something missing with Justin Thomas and and he's constantly here at this 12 to 1 price and I know he's got you know good good form around here but it's nothing compared to Matsy Armour and then they're not closer in the market yeah uh, to me to me I just think that's bizarre that there's mm. such a gap between 12 to 1 and 18 to 1 about two people that have you know yeah. both won major championships both one, I mean, I know Thomas has Thomas won more. It's very close. Um, he might have won a couple more, but yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, certainly to, in my mind, there's not someone that's there's one that's more likely to win than the other at the moment, and it's not Thomas. So yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think they should be closer to the market. But yeah, my so Jason is is Victor Hovland a play for you, or is that just based no? Hovland on, won't but, be. Hovland won't be. Right. I mean, it's just it's just that as you discussed, it was. I, I, I was on Matsy Arm. I haven't backed him yet. Um, but, you know, the, the reasons are, are plain and obvious. But, um, yeah, okay. I'll have to... I'll have to I, the problem is, I'm, I'm, in the same way that I'm not a big fan, unlike yourself, of, um, of players going on about how well they strike it on the range, yeah? Yeah, yeah? It's exactly the same about rumour and stuff like that. And I appreciate that. But unless it's proven, it it's just confuses the issue too much. So, yeah. You know, providing he's okay, I think 18 is too big. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Hovland in by five. No, no I take both those on board. I've, and Brad, I think you have as well, gone with Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Um, I never go to Scotty Scheffler. I always think he's too short. Um, always concerns me. I was already weighing up at 28 to 1. I thought that was pretty good. Then there was some early 33s. Out went my preview, and, and Scotty Scheffler was leading that. Um, he just looks destined to win. And I know we've been saying this for a long time, and I know the reason he is still the price he is is because he hasn't got that win. Um, in a week where we've seen, or a couple of weeks where we've seen Luke List, Tom Hoagie go back to back, um, you, you've got to start rewarding, you know, patience on these guys. And I know you're getting eighty to one hundred to one about those golfers getting their first wins, but three top four finishes this season, two seconds in that time. Um, 25th and 20th in his two starts in 2022 maybe gives him a little bit of an under the radar uh, well I thought he might have done um, got right in contention after 54 holes here last year same old story um, didn't get the job done Brad but no. he's just got the perfect game for not here just here but just everywhere on the general, yeah. he shows it's, up everywhere doesn't he yeah. it's got to happen and, and I keep beating down the same sort of like thing but I do mm. think that Ted Scott will help eventually uh, get through mm. that win yeah I, I'm, I'm the same as you well I know I say, say the same I'm the complete opposite I, I take Scotty he, I've taken him a lot in the past even when he's at crappy numbers I'm just a real just want to be on his first win so badly and keep thinking it is 
coming to happen but yeah, here i am again and uh i just it, as you i repeat everything that you just said but I, he's just a very aggressive player isn't he? he he just takes on a lot he's fearless and i think it, that gets rewarded here if obviously if you're playing well um there's a lot of like risk reward chances um yeah. and i think it could if obviously did well here last Last time out, seventh, and it was really good putting display. I think he's gained over five shots putting. Um, and that is what he's been, that's his biggest weakness. You know, he's been solid, statistically solid on all fronts. You know, fantastic ball striker. It's just been his putting that have been letting him down. And you see last last year, he's uh, gained five strokes putting here. So it's a lot of encouragement that he could uh, show up here and um, get that elusive win. Yeah, there's just, to me, like, you just look at the winners, right? You know, Ricky Fowler, okay, he went on to win, um, you know, a decent amount of events uh, when he finally got it, you know, got going. And I think that that's the sort of barometer we're looking for Scheffler of five wins, a player's, you know, title contending in majors, right? And he's a good blueprint because he's won here, he's had a couple of seconds. Um, and, and I think Scott Scheffler can do it. I think it will one time just be rewarded, this risk and reward. Like, Tony Finau should have done it two years ago. He he laid up on that 17th when he should have just pounded driver and obviously lost there in the playoff to Webb Simpson. And I just think eventually uh, Scheffler is just going to play too well that he can't even get in his own way because he'll, he'll just get too far in front. That's my kind of hope. Either that or he comes from six from behind because... He's going to be one of the other, yeah. Um, so that's my line of thinking. And you've also gone for Sam Burns at 33-1 to as well. Yes, yeah, I... Do you know what that miscut at the Farmers has put him at a very takeable price this week? You know he's drifted to 33s, um, which seems to me a, a juicy player of his uh, a juicy player, juicy price yeah. <laughs> for his uh, ability. You know, so since he's got that win, he is uh, transformed. He's gone to another level, and he's on the cusp of the elite, in my opinion. And um, he missed the cut at Scottsdale on his first two visits, but he cracked it on the third where he placed 22nd. He had three solid rounds in the 60s and he had an unbelievably good putting performance that week. He gained 10.9 strokes putting. It's just like unbelievable. I think that might be his best ever putting performance. I'm not sure. Um, but he is ranked as one of the best putters on tour and combined with his incredible ball strike and that has been key to his success. He was pretty crappy with his irons at Torrey Pines, but... Um, uh, I'm going to just not bother by that. I'm just look at that as a, an off day. And, uh, yeah, I'm expecting to bounce back here with a, a good performance, hopefully. So the, the only the only slight concern there is that he had such a good putting week that is is that the reason he did so well and is it sustainable? But I think that he's become a more elite ball striker. So. Well, exactly that. Yeah, like he's a better player and the greens here allow you to gain that many strokes. Like So it mm-hmm. is... It is repeatable. Like if you're if you're in good form and someone like him and Kokrat that have elevated their their passive performances um, would be interested. It's kind of that it's Bermuda which everyone loves Sam Burns on, but it's kind of mixed with that power mm, that you get in the players' yeah. championship. So a um, little bit of a mix there, which I don't know if that plays into his hands or not. But it will be interesting to see how he gets on because he has gone down a little bit further in the odds board. Um, I actually thought he might have gone into forty to one just because of the strength of the field. Um, I'm not saying I wanted that. I, I don't. I didn't really mm. care to be honest. But like, if he would have been forty to one, I think I'd have just had to take him. Don't, just... don't you think that he, Scotty at twenty eights and Burns at thirty threes? Like, don't yeah. 
it's kind of funny, yeah. really, isn't it? I mean, Scotty yeah, it does, it still doesn't make sense. Like, it doesn't really make sense other than know, everyone think, knows how good Scotty is and how he's a good fit. But it is funny when you put them together like that. And look at I the, think the reason I'm alright with taking Scotty this week is I just have no scar tissue on him because I just don't bet him. So like, it, there's no like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like he's him. let me down again. Like, if he lets me down this week, I'll just go, well, that's Scotty Sheffield yeah. for you, and I'll wait until he's 50s or 60s in the major or something and take him. But um, who knows? Jason, who did you have at the top of the board here? Uh, what prices are we going down to? Well, we can go up to, let's go down to 50 to 1, should we say? Uh, oh, okay, I can miss that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think Sam Burns is going to be absolutely cracking. Uh, Brooks Kepka, we no idea. He was in no form last year, was he? And then Xander and Jordan gave him the trophy. Um, Bubba's obviously total overreaction to last week. Yep. Um, Seamus has done that twice now, hasn't he? Been in contention and, and yep. not done it. But then, you know, if he was five off the pace, would you back him at, you know, 28-31? You might do. Going into the final round. Don't like Corey Connors anyway. Wanted Maverick McNeely to play. Looks like he isn't. Um, He's out. Yeah, withdrawn. So I actually like, sadly, uh, Russell Henley. Um, obviously got his desert form uh, his best major is Augusta which ties in very nicely here um, his last te- he's made the last 10 cuts he's playing really really well we know he's an absolute raver in front um, but I liked him um, and he will go in just because uh, at the end of the day he's a bigger price than I thought he'd be um, Tita Green obviously he's, he's a fantastic Tita Green player it's just they need to put blinkers on him should he go six clear down the back stretch yes. having said that <laughs> once again we go back to last weekend, you know, old Harry Varner and, and Tom Hoagie. I mean, Hoagie was a different class player on, on you know, the back nine when it really counted when when so-called dodgepot should stop in front. He was the one that didn't. Um, so, you know, you never know. But Russ Henley anyway. And I have never backed this bloke, as you know, right, yeah, ever in the history of the world, right, never actually liked him. But, like I said, taking emotion out of it. I will not watch him win, okay? Because it make me just feel physically sick, right? But as long as the bank balance goes up, Adam Scott, 50, 55, oh. 60 to 1, right? Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, hitting the ball absolutely beautifully. Um, obviously, we know he had problems with the putt. I can't watch him. I just cannot watch him. <laughs> Great. But this is one of them times where you've just got to unfortunately bite the bullet and say that I think his profile fits this um we know his past history no need to go part of you know what he's done what he's won fits beautifully here he's got the driving distance which will count here you know you look back at previous winners um Tita green he's he's flying he, he looks like he's got most of his game settled uh, you know i wouldn't want to miss too many greens obviously um with him but i think hopefully he can do you know he can start taking advantage of the longer holes i don't know uh, unfortunately that's where the pin landed. He was top of the tee of green stats for me. He's top of the tee of green in this field. There we are. Sometimes you just got to uh, admit defeat, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, looking forward to who that was going to be because you sort of said to me, "I'm not going to tell you who my main one is." Um, and 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 I'm yeah, gobsmacked that you've gone with Adam Scott. Not because I don't like him, but just because you passionately hate him. I, I, um, I, don't, hate, I don't hate him. A strong <laughs> I hate him. I'm no fan of him for various reasons. Right? Yeah. And like I said, I will not watch him. I, I don't be wrong. I, I, I won't watch him. I refuse to do it because I think it just makes me physically sick. But um, 
not, not because not because like oh it's supposed to be the best it's just his putting isn't it it is just his putting everything it's else putting. is I just don't like it. I just, got I the smoothest swing going yeah. I just I can't I just did have the I smoothest can't. face until he grew that beard as well so yeah well yeah. I'm not bothered the <laughs> fact is I'm not doing this guy I don't do this because you know because of what he's wearing right I do this I'm trying to make money on golfers so if this golfer happens to be Adam Scott this week that's fine yeah Fair just enough. take just just put a name, bit of sellotape over all the names at the start of the week on tour tips, so you can't see the names, and then you don't have to worry about it. Um, and that's obviously the approach I you've taken. I think he fits. Like, he's a major winner. Brooks is a major winner. Of oh, has gone very very close. Woody's a major winner. Hideki's a major winner. Um, he fits. The profile absolutely fits. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I echo everything you said about Russell Henley. I think Brad yep. does as well. So that's yep. a consensus pick for us. Um, he was tied 59th here in 2015. But he was actually eighth after 54 holes and shot a final round 78. Again, that kind of speaks to that, that what do you do when you're in contention. Um, it is what it is with Russell Henley. He's also shot two third round 65s here. So I just think the upside is just absolutely superb. First in approach over the last eight weeks. Second tee to green over the last eight weeks. So just apart from Adam Scott, maybe tee to green. He's obviously uh, one of the best. And I just really liked how he bounced back. I say bounced back. He was, he was disappointed with what happened at the Sony Open went over to the American Express where I could I thought he was the easiest person in the world to oppose considering what happened that Sunday and his record was horrendous uh, he missed 4 out of 6 cuts in that event previously with a best finish of 49th and uh, he finished 14th which just suggests to me that his ball striking is going to take over um, and considering he's shown some of those flashes uh, on certain weeks uh, I'm quite happy to go with Russell Henley again at 50-1 to 1. Um, Brad, whilst uh, Jason was sitting there saying he couldn't touch Corey Cullors, you've actually got him on your card this week. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw 50 to 1 at eight places, which I think is widely available. Um, but notice that there was 66 to 1 with Bet365, which I just thought it's a massive price. And yeah, he's had a mixed start to the year. He started well with the title and finished at the RSM, then had back to back missed cuts, cut, sorry, at the Amex and the Farmers, which hasn't happened for him since. 2020 on the PGA Tour and yeah he's drifted to 66s on the back of that which is the best number we've seen on him for a long while and uh, last time at the Farmers is playing catch up from the off after opening the 75 and then he replied with a 68 on the north course but it wasn't enough to make the cut he's had two appearances at TPC Scottsdale made the cut each time finished 45th on his debut, then improved on that last year, but 17th place finish. He shot four rounds in the 60s last year and got better as the week went on. He fits the type of golfer that I'm sort of looking at here, like ranked eighth in ball striking for the season. It hasn't been as good in recent weeks, which is reflected in his results. But yeah, I'm expecting an improvement there and a bounce back. I can't see him missing another cut, that's for sure. And um, similar to Henley, it's all about how well he would do on the greens and how well the flat stick behaves really yeah I, I think I sort of said to you earlier I just, the worry for me is that what he did at Sony was based on his putting and he always puts well there um, and and he hasn't sort of carried that over into other events since ball striking isn't as good as it normally is but that is, is what we've kind of said like that's a floor finish for him if he, if he now goes and you know, it goes back to reverts normal to ball striking. Mm. He's a type that you think, oh, he misses two cuts, jump off him a little bit, and then on yeah. Thursday he goes and shoots a 63. He right? makes and a lot of cuts, and yeah. I really, really rate 
Connors. Obviously, he's another one, a bit like not as bad as Scott. But he's, he's, yeah, I just don't like watching him putt either. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of ability there, and yeah, I mean, just I, I don't think that he's. I don't think he's quite as broken at putting as he's as he seems, right? I think his is quite fixable. I think it's just mm, yeah. because he's so good at ball striking, it does appear a bit more often. He just but... doesn't. It doesn't convert his birdie chances enough. No, he's no, no, no. That's all I'm. I'm. That's all I'm judging it on. And yeah. and that's fine on this golf course. I think that generally speaking, you yeah. See I mean, look at Matsuyama. I mean, yeah. How much success he's had here, you know? And he was a much worse part back then. Yeah, uh, so no, I agree with that. Good ball striker, bad putter. Tom Weiskopf designed um, the Olympic Club where Webb Simpson won uh, his US Open and obviously uh, Webb Simpson's won here. Um, I think there are a couple of other people like, in the top finishes there at the US Open. I wrote this in my course proof, Roger Checker, and, and it wasn't so much as pick people from that US Open because that was in 2012, so it was a decade ago, but the overriding point was that it might be worth looking where else Tom Weiskopf uh, does design and he had a hand in obviously the north course um who you know where connor's you just mentioned had a good round um I, I would go back and look through the rounds that people have done on the north course recently um as, as a reason to, to get excited if, if you like that kind of angle and he also uh, was responsible for tpc craig ranch which hosted the nationwide tour championship that james hahn came second on obviously we know james hahn's been very very good here in the past led for uh, a little while on the back nine last year before throwing it away. Um, so I think there is some links to that. And, and that course played host to the Byron Nelson last year where KH Lee won and he finished second here last year and second that week was Sam Burns as well. So that kind of plays into your uh, Sam Burns theory there. Uh, Daniel Berg was third there, who's played well at this course in the past as well, as was Jordan Spieth was ninth. So although they're just good, talented players, it does seem to be... Uh, a decent amount of crossover so it might be worth just looking at that uh, Byron Nelson leaderboard um, but a lot of that was a roundabout kind of way for me to lead into uh, Billy Horschel who obviously had that stunning round um, you know on the north course where he, he led shooting a 63 uh, at Torrey Pines and he was 60 to 1 this week and I thought I just thought that was too big like you can actually get 66 to 1 if you want to take uh, the less places it's generally available 55s and 50s now. But when you look at Billy Horschel's form, it, it, it doesn't stand out. But he's got a finish of ninth here, which is his best. But he's made eight of nine cuts, two top 11s, four top 24s in total. He's had five rounds of 66 or better here, um, which shows that he can go low. Last five of his last eight rounds in this event, he's been inside the top nine. Um, it suggests to me that he's very, very close to winning this tournament. Um, so I just think he needs to piece together those last couple of days um, back to back. You have to go back to the US Open since his last cut in June. Um, add that to his kind of course figures of not really missing the cut. It all adds up to him missing the cut this week while I'm on him. Um, but I just I just thought he was really solid. And I know it, like he won't stick out from a statistical point of view. So when you draw a line through that, um, you know, he's not there. He, he, he just simply won't be because he, he just never is really. I know he can get hot with his irons and he can putt well, but... Generally speaking, he doesn't do it on a consistent clip. Um, the one person I put him in over was Tom Hoagie to go back-to-back, which I thought was optimistic. Um, and when the prices come out, I took Horschel with the upside instead. But, you know, Hoagie fits everything here uh, from a statistical point of view. So, um, you know, a lot to like. Another one, I've gone with this in range. He's come in a little bit. He was 80-1 to 1 earlier, 66 is now. Uh, Max Homer. 
who Jason yeah. I thought you might have gone for. Yeah, yeah he's, um, on the, he's on the list, yeah. Yeah, three starts this event, 26th, 6th and 42nd. Um, it is a home event. Don't really need to put too much stock in that because it's a home event for you know 70% of the field because they all like Arizona. Um, but he was sixth here in 2020. He opened up with a round of 72, followed that around as 67, 64, 68. Um, it hasn't been in contention the other two times, but they were really solid enough. 175 to 200 yards seems to be quite a good um, barometer of success here in terms of approach uh, figures. He was 23rd in that last year, so really long, you know, good with his long irons, Jason. I quite like Max Homer. What was 80 to 1 when I put him up? Yeah, let us down last time. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's the sort of tool that he could thrive in. I can't argue with it. Yep, I like it a lot. Um, Jason, you were thinking about Keith Mitchell this week? Yeah, I, I'm going to back Keith Mitchell. In fact, I just have, to be honest. Excellent. <laughs> um, and he's the one. He's the one. We were talking about Alfredo Garcia thingy, yeah? Yeah. Keith Mitchell. It's like, if I tell you a bloke's called Keith, right, yeah? <laughs> How old do you think he is? Nobody calls him Keith. Nobody calls kids Keith, do they, these days? But anyway, right, he's a lot younger than you think he is. Right. Um, <laughs> where are we? <laughs> you may... <laughs> well, Tom, Hoagie, Tom Hoagie. Back to Tom Hoagie, by the way. And, and Brad, you, you tell me if you, you, you may agree. If he'd have finished eighth last week and been 16 oh, this week. Oh, be all over him this week. Exactly. Mate. So it's, it's amazing how you, you know, your brain works. Yeah. Anyway, not how your brain works, obviously how other people's brain works. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Keith Mitchell, uh, various reasons. Obviously, he's very long. Um, obviously, in great form. Um, they're obvious. And his only win uh, at the Honda, he beat Brooks and Ricky Fowler, two of the uh, sort of stalwarts around here. So you can't get better form than that, to be honest with you. Um, what else do you want? He hits the ball well. He's got plenty of promise. He's been put up for quite a while by by other, other um, tipsters who... who do like him to do something a bit more than what he's doing. Uh, Green's in reg, you know, top 10, top 20, an awful lot of the time. Um, what do you want? I mean, 101 he was. Um, I was talking to you, so I missed that um, when you told me that, you know, Ben had put him up. Um, but I still think 80 to 1, if you can get eight places, is very, very fair. Mm. Um, he should take advantage of, um, again, of the gettable holes. What do you want, you know? He was 101, as I say, which, which just seemed too big. Um, everything fits apart from is he, is he, in quotes, good enough when it comes down to the crunch? We've seen them all, haven't we? We've seen them all win, so why not? I, th- I think he's class. Back to him at the Sony Open. I think you might have done as well, Chase, where he was he was right in contention at one point, um, yeah. finishing the places there at a decent price. He was over 100 to 1 that week. Um He's in such good form. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like third at the CJ Cup, twelfth at the RSM, twelfth at the Sony, twelfth at Pebble. Um, has finished well here in the past. I think he's got a sixteenth, was it, according to Tour Tips? Um, he was twelfth after thirty-six holes as well. I just had too many. Like I just had Homer. I had my next guy. I had Billy Horshaw at sixties. I just couldn't. Yeah. I didn't want to add another one in this range. But I fully respect uh, Keith Mitchell, Brad, as I'm sure you're going to mm. come on and say a bit as well. Yeah, no, I um, completely echo everything you guys said. And uh, he's just brought that good form at the end of last year into this year, hasn't he? And uh, he's gaining on approach like, the last few weeks. Obviously, he had that miscut at the Farmers, but he always plays shit there. So don't really take that into account. And um, yeah, I just think brilliant value. Just great value considering how well he's playing. And um, yeah, happy to chance him. I think that's the thing. that like, If you just take his statistical and his, and his results and... 
and took his name out. You know, like you say, you, you don't know any babies called Keith, so you think he's 40 <laughs> years old um, and, and over the hill. Uh, I actually had that conversation the other day about you don't know any babies called Keith and how on earth did people call babies Keith back in the day? Um, but that's another point. There's a few names there. like that. Though. There is, isn't there? Like, I can't believe you, you looked at someone and called them Gary. Like, this is... It, yeah, Brian and, as well. That's the only part of the false episode, wasn't it? <laughs> that was so good, that episode. Um, but I just... I, I love the fact that you can just sit there and, like, you can rattle through some of these old-school names now and just think, imagine sitting there holding a baby in your hands and calling them Keith. <laughs> just as an aside, just an aside, if I had another kid, which is not happening, I'd be calling it Tony after uh, <laughs> after afterlife because I, I'd want my kids to grow up. And not, not after Tony Fiena, then. Yeah, I was thinking Tony Finau as well. <laughs> have you not seen? Have you not seen Afterlife? I, I have seen Afterlife. Afterlife. I love Afterlife. I've watched all of it. Love it. It's yeah, just no, great. It's very good TV for years. Anyway, emotional roller coaster, a bit Absolutely. like Bloody uh, Hoagie. Pro- probably another name that you wouldn't call a baby though, Tony. No, not not. You don't hear it as much. Maybe you go for Anthony while they're a little baby, and then and then Barry. Tony phase means Barry. Barry's a weird one. Yeah. Um, anyway, this is not a naming podcast, and uh, I've got a few years before I need to make those sort of decisions. So, um, but in the same thing of, of Tom Hoagie, right? And, and I will probably spoiler alert put Tom Hoagie up as a first round leader because he one I think he can just carry it over for one round. Two, I think he can actually contend now that the shackles are off because one, it's amazing what job security and getting the weight of just you know shoulders off is. Uh, can do to a guy and when you look he missed a cut last year but he shot 66 opening round uh he was 25th the year before and he shot a 65 opening round and then he was 43rd the year before that and opened with 67 68 69 so um really solid you know the efforts around it i was actually really surprised at, at the way he took that win it yeah. was you know he, you know you look at some like harry vine i'm not saying he was necessarily going to do that you know some like him harry he's going to dance around the thing james harm's going to you know, if he ever wins, he's going to, you know, dance around the screen. He just, it was like, yeah, you know, do you want me to put this? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, well, we'll be. No, it, as, if, as if it was it, it was a natural thing. And and I thought that was very, very eye-catching. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I, and I think, I think I remember them saying or referencing something that Spieth had said about Tom Hoagie before, about how he was going to do it in contention at some point. Probably didn't think he was going to do it against him. Um, but yeah, I, I like it, and I think both him and Luke List will be uh, an interesting, um, you know, viewing spectacle this week to see mm. how they get on. Um, Aaron Wise will be the one person that would be really annoying if he won. Uh, couldn't get there this week. I, I, he has a, maybe one good round here, um, and hasn't played much, so he could easily win. But I went with Pat Perez, and he was hundred to one when I put him up, and he's hundred to one eight places. You can get hundred and forty to one if you want to go extra spicy and just take the five places. I won't be doing that based on his um, his career profile. But on three occasions over the past eleven starts here, he sat inside the top six after thirty six holes. Um, and while his best finish was only eleventh in that time, I just think he's a little bit more relaxed as a as a human being now. Um, pretty happy as a golfer to to go where his game is now. I think he he can win before he before he walks off into the sunset or plays championship tour, whatever it is that he's going to do. But I just think when you listen to him interview now and you, you see his again social media, I've watched a video of him touring people around his house. He just seems very grateful for what he's got. Sixth and ninth so far to to start the year. Now gets to play at home, um, which I think you know just being near the family at someone of his age is always a good thing to have. 
And uh, whilst it's been four years, near or just over four years, that he's last one on tour, I really think he can do it. I think the window is closing. Mm. Um, so why not take him at what possibly is the last chance saloon? And I think, like, I don't, I don't want to say he's a cast above those sort of journeyman types because I suppose by definition his career is a little bit journeyman, but he has won more than, than you kind of think. You know, he's, he's won those three titles. Um, they were spread out the first two, 2009, 2016, and then very quickly won again in 2017. But he was he was dealing with injuries at that time. He won that CIMB Classic, won it by four strokes. That was really impressive over Keegan. Um, when you look, actually, he's won four strokes, two strokes, three strokes. So that's, you know, when he does win, he, he gets out there and stretches the field a bit. So um, not too much more justification needed mm. at 100 to 1 for uh, Pat Perez. And I think them uh, results, like back to back, just show enough that he's not done yet you know no. i mean that's just takes some doing you know you, you could say tired sit for the farmers bit of, it could be like a flash a flash in the pan kind of result he's just he's just backed it up you know that's exactly what i thought he was at the farmers like when i watched him i was like and he was i think he was up there after the first round and i was sitting there going am i really going to get done for a first round either by like pat perez like who's not played well for 10 weeks or whatever it had been um maybe six seven weeks and then all of a sudden He's just in, you know, really solid form, and okay, he, he you know, didn't hang on. Um, it wasn't first round; he didn't play very well first round. It was, it was obviously the low round of the day at that golf course, or whatever. But um, he just got hot, didn't he? And I just, yeah, I, he was only too shy at, at the Farmers. Um, went to Pebble last week, and he he snuck into the top ten there uh, with solid play over the weekend, while everyone else was kind of dropping off. So, yeah, I think he's he's a bit of a gamer. Um, can win an event. And uh, he's playing at home, so happy with that. Like Brad, Andrew Putnam is yes. someone that I've toyed with a lot. I backed him last week on the exchange, 180 to 1. So I had him and Hoagie at one point tied mm. first. He was really, really disappointing yesterday. It was bad enough trying to track <sighs> which one it was between him and Jake Owen, which is, says everything you need to say because Jake Owen was an amateur and he wasn't. Um, they both had long hair flowing at the back of their hats, and uh, that was confusing enough. But. Yeah. He wasn't good yesterday, was he? He wasn't, no. And uh, I saw that you were on him, and a few, quite a few others were as well on the on Twitter. And up from what I saw in parts last week, he was I was pretty impressed with him. He had like a certain yeah. swagger about him, and you know I was really surprised when looking at the stats, like how reliant on his putting he was. As I thought it was a more of a rounded performance. I don't know if he completely ruined that with his final round, um, but. Yeah, he was banging contention, wasn't he, last week? And then that closing round of 73, just... But he still finished tied sixth. And if you look at his recent form, you know, tied 27th, tied 14th, tied sixth now from last week. I mean, it's, he's, he could well be building up to something. I mean, obviously, you'd like to see him finish with a better round, so he's got some better vibes. It might have been his chance last week. Could be a trap, but I couldn't I couldn't resist it, 90 to 1. And as I said to you earlier, I, if you look back at when he won the Barracuda Championship and some of his top finishes. Um, it's sort of come on like a nice run of form. You know, he could be, seems a bit of a streaky player. He's a mixed record at this event. Played three times, missed a cut on first two, but finished um, with a 65 last year to finish seventh. So, yeah, he's got yeah. a bit of previous. Could be that I've took him at the wrong time, but, yeah, I've, I, it's, it's not a stat-based pick. It's more of a uh, on-the-eye 
pick and yeah i quite like him at 90 to 1 i think there's a bit of value there my my thing going into that week at uh, the amex when i picked him was that i thought his career progression was being overlooked and, and, and what i mean by that is it's very basic if you go to the owgr website and you look at his 20 best performances a lot of them have come from 2019 onwards and a lot mm. of them say 2021 um, you know, he, he had the second place finish at the Barracuda, which he'd already won uh, three years previous, but he was fourth at Bay Hill, uh, seventh here in this event, just as you referenced there, eleventh at the Shriners. Um, he's been sixth at Pebble Beach last week, like you said, thirteenth for the Travellers, second in Hawaii 2019, third at Charles Schwab 2019. I think, I think people don't realise actually how solid he's been and how many times he's been in contention. Mm. Like that's a lot of top threes and top four finishes for someone that isn't really talked about up until now. Um, I think people are cottoning on. Um, and my worry was that this was... I wondered whether the seventh last year was an outlier as opposed to him being really suited to this golf course. Like, I don't look at him thinking he'll win here. No. Um, and I don't think he was missed when people started getting on. But that doesn't mean you know too much, really. I think I think that there's just... He's playing very, very well. And... You need golfers that are playing well, making birdies and eagles. It's yeah. golf course to win. So yeah, I like the look of him. I like the look of him. I just, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You, we sort of spoke about Martin Laird earlier as well, and I didn't know. Definitely, yeah. I was going to bring him up at some some point. Yeah, I think he could be a very. Oh, I nearly took him at two hundreds. Then I think that got destroyed. It didn't last long. Um, and I think yeah, he would be a solid top twenty play. Has a decent record here and decent record in the in the desert as a whole. So yeah. I think he'd be, a, a, I don't know what number we'll go. I'd like to have five to one at least. Um, but yeah, um, that, I'd definitely be targeting him as a top 20 player. Yep, I like that. Tell and his, his ball striking's been brilliant, that's what I meant to add. Yeah, his, his, his ball striking has been really good. And yeah. So. Yeah, he's, he's another candidate probably for that first round leader market for me that could, could go on and do that. Um, Jason, any more for you in the kind of triple-digit range? I know we're looking for kind of classier winners of this, I think, but there are some names down here that fit that bill. Yeah, James Hahn, um, yeah. who will go into it. So I agree with you about uh, Perez and Laird as well. I think I think you can play with them somewhere. But yeah, I'm going to be looking when the sort of fancy, silly markets come out um, where James Hahn is. Currently 350 with one book, but I, I, I can't see how they're going to base the top 20 market on it. Absolutely loves it here, as we know. Um, once a bit DJ in a playoff. Um, obviously not the DJ of today. Uh, back at Riviera. Uh, adores this place. Uh, 2013 or 2014. Um, he made a birdie on 16 and, and ha- whatever that stupid dance is. That you Gangnam know, Because you're a lot younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, done that round of thing and everyone went, oh, isn't that hilarious? No, it wasn't. But... Um, <laughs> It doesn't matter because you know he still loves it there. He embraces what the what the whole event is about. Um, I think 2015 as well, he, he, or 2016, he almost aced that hole as well, and you know the crowd went mental, which is great because it means that he, you know, he's very excited to be here. It's not just another tournament for him. 2020, had three missed cuts, then came in top 25. 2021, when he's like, let's face it, he's nothing really now, is he? Right. 2021, he sandwiches two missed cuts with a tenth here. Um, where he is round by round, 12th, 8th, 7th, 10th. He, he just loves this place. It really is irrelevant what he does the rest of the year. Um, as, you know, Obviously, you'd look at Riviera because he's won there um, and what he's doing. But there he is. You know, he's, um, 
it's in front of you. He's got plenty of. He's got a, uh, a top ten. He's got three, four top top twenties. He just turns it on when he comes here. Did he, um, did he pull out last week? Sorry to interrupt. Um, with COVID, was it? He was definitely uh, out. Yeah, he, he was out. Yeah. Was it COVID? Was it? Not sure. No, I'm just. Um, I'm just. I don't know if I, that's what I saw flash up on PGA communications. It's probably good if it was COVID because he probably wasn't actually ill. He probably just yeah, wasn't literally good. allowed on the premises. Yeah. I quite um, honestly. Come on. Unless his arm falls off. Um, yeah, exactly. He, you know, he comes here. This is what he does. He lives for this event, as far as I can see. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely embraces it. You know, we'll go to the 16. He's not scared. I, know, I doubt any of them are scared, to be honest with you. These, these guys are, uh, you know, but there's certain people that relish it. And it's in his record. He absolutely does. So uh, only if he's like, I mean, at 350, you're looking at what? You're looking at 16 to 1, maybe? Top 20, is it? 14 to 1, top 20? The problem is if they follow the 200, then we're looking a lot less. Seven, eight to one, maybe. Um, still not too horrendous. But he, he was the other one at, at, um, at a big price that I thought was worth looking at. I do like what you say there about the, the atmosphere because I, I sort of probably unnecessarily dug out Patrick Cantley, but I've said that whilst other people will enjoy the atmosphere at 16, he'll just be you know completely miserable um, and have no interest in... I can't imagine oh, some know. bird flashing in her tits at him. And it, <laughs> yeah, they, might, they might do, but he'll just be too busy looking down at his ball to... Yeah. to uh, Pay attention. No, uh... no, you see, no, no, no. You see, I'm not. I can't have all this. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't buy it all. All this, all this. I, he's, I think he's just playing a game with you. To be yeah. honest. No, no, no. He, he, he. I literally had to make sure my TV wasn't paused yesterday because he was so slow. Um, I, I just think he's so laser focused and. Yeah, he looks like he's a bit of a secret agent on a mission type thing, Patrick Cantley. I don't think anything other than golf kind of, which is good for for the most part. Mm, um, but uh, I don't I don't think that he will enjoy um, the 16th. I read an interview and I meant to mention it to you because I know you've got that opinion and I, I will find it. I can't recall it at the moment. I will. Well, find there's it. always that picture that goes around on Instagram where he's laying topless on the beach with oh, with yeah. a load of yeah. you know babes around him. So he's uh, I'm sure he does enjoy the good life really, but. I think once he comes to the golf course, he's, he's certainly a different player Why not? or person. But you know, oh, just, to mention, just to mention that um, Hahn was 22nd last season for 150 to 175 yards as well. Lovely. I think that's a good thing to, to have. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to dip down into this personally in terms of betting. Um, you know, each wave types. So I might have a few uh, bombs on um, on Betfair. The the one I wanted to talk about, and it is, it is a real flyer. But Adam Schenk shot that 62 on the North Course, which is obviously a Tom Weiskopf design. He was third at the Shriners uh, in the desert, where he obviously played very, very well for for the most part as well. Obviously, he was shaky in contention, but it was only a 70. It's not like he completely fell apart. Sunjay had to shoot the absolute lights out to make him look really crap. Um, I think he's available for something close to 800 to one on a Betfair. So. It, it won't happen, but I can see him trading uh, a lot shorter than that. And uh, Billy Horsch was almost 100 to one on the exchange now, uh, currently 95 to one. So I don't I don't particularly understand that. But um, what about Francesco Molinari before we go? Is he is he on the way back? Is it is it? I I don't want to back him here, but is is there a way back for him? Definitely, yeah, I, I think so. Why not? Um, showing glimpses, but yeah, I can't take him. I, I took him when I took him at the farmers, yeah, and that was, that felt really knee jerk. 
So um, he'll probably go well this this week. Yeah, probably when everyone doesn't think it can happen. Mm. Um, yeah, that'll probably happen with Ches Reeve this week, who's played really well here in the past. I was convinced he was going to do well last week and was absolutely terrible. So, yeah, probably Molinari and Ches Reeve the people you want to be on because we decided to jump off very, very quickly. Um, the other one I thought was massive on the bet there was Gary Kigo who's going out to, to silly prices on there and he's the type of person that certainly could rip up a risk and reward golf course yeah. um, but that is about that. that's the substance of it there's not really statistical things to say it there's not really course correlations or anything like that um, just the fact that I think he can bomb it around here and, and make some eagles and birdies I think that puts a bow on it gents I think I think anything more that we that we kind of mentioned mm-hmm. there is going to be one more one more thing oh. to add if that's all right, because uh, the Challenge Tour is back this yeah. week, uh, the Dimensions Data Pro-Am. And my guy who I mentioned to, to keep an eye out at the end of last year, John Murphy, played at Pebble Beach um, last week. And he was for the uh, he, he missed he missed the cut. He was one over for the event, but he was incredible on approach. He was fifth on approach with his round. Well, I suppose that's just off his, the basis of his round at Pebble Beach. But... I mean, he said, he come out on a comment and said his game is in a really good place. Obviously, a great experience for him. And I think he's going to be, he's he's heading into that tournament this week. And I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Also, he's had the benefit of shaking off rust where a lot of other players haven't. Um, so obviously, you've got the South Africans as well, who are probably um, fo- focusing on as well, because they've been playing on the Sunshine Tour. But yeah, definitely going to be on John Murphy for the first event. But I'll, I'll probably back him a lot this week. But yeah, he he's someone that I think will be a good one to take this week on the Challenge Tour. There hasn't been a market yeah. for that yet. Has Not yet. Correct? No, no, it hasn't no. opened up. Um, but yeah, just I just uh, let you know. That's I don't yeah. care what the price is going to be. Well, of course, unless it's something stupid in the single digits or. But yeah. John, John Murphy seven to one says Bradley Todd <laughs> and back him. Yeah, excellent. Um, no, I like that. I think it's good. I, you know, we, we spoke with John Murphy for a, you know a long time, didn't we? And I, I saw, mm. when I told you that he got that invite to Pebble, you were very excited oh, about excited, that. Yeah. Um, he, does look, that. he does look a good golfer. He looks like he's nearly thirty years of age, and he's actually only twenty-three. So I like that about him. Looks <laughs> mature. Maybe he isn't. Um, but yeah, you know, like you say, it's only a one-round sample size for his irons, but you know finishing fifth in a field of whatever it is, 55 or 60 players or whatever it would have been mm. um, that week on a PJ Tour event is certainly going to hold him in good stead yeah. against the Challenge Tour field. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't actually know who's in the field for that. I haven't looked too much into Chief's that. Chief's in the field, believe it or not. Is he? Yeah. There you go. Whether he can still do it these days or not mm. would be uh, oh, it's interesting. Good. I, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I haven't even took a deep look at the field yet, so... But there will be, as I said, a bunch of Sunshine Tour boys. Want to keep an eye out then, I'm sure. Jason, have you got any of those that you wanted to mention to follow on there? No, again, again, because there's nothing out yet. It was, was, I mean, Dino is going to be very short, isn't he? Um, Mm. But yeah, no, my couple to follow are not obviously travelled over there. Toby's over there, which is interesting to see how he, he comes back after bad. He he was, I kind of spoke to him and he said he, he was. Um, in a good place uh, physically uh, he was really excited and itching to get back to golf which is something that he didn't quite anticipate as much as it had been um, which is obviously a good sign um, I think a lot of that's going to be mental or anything like that. that was actually quite a horrendous car crash 
Um, so I, I, I really hope that that card goes well for him. It's in his happy place, as we've always mentioned. He yeah. like he likes South Africa, um, so that'd be interesting to see. Um, I'm guessing people like Jaden Scaper are going to be too short. Um, it's a decent field. Just looking, just looking What's through thinking? some is, of the names. Is Matty Omanasera in it? Is he I travelling back is, from he, Saudi? Yeah. If he is, he won't be 500 to 1 this week, I'll tell you that much. Oh, wow. Well, he is playing. Method, yeah. He'll be in it. Um, he, yeah, he is playing. And as, is, as is Jack Blau, my old mate. That, uh, oh, that mate. When it, so, um, yeah. we've got, that's actually a good field. Really good field. So, actually, yeah, I'm quite anticipating, uh, anticipating the market for that. So, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out on uh, Jason and Brad's Twitter feeds for those. And I might just put one up too late so that no one takes a any provide a bit of notice for me and uh, yeah ignores me because I probably don't know what I'm talking about at that level um, let's summarise the picks gents I am going to summarise my picks over at Razal Kamar um, when I remember who it is I'm actually going to be betting on this week um, after a long conversation but it is Joe Jockin B Hansen uh, at 45 to 1 40 to 1 50 to 1 whatever it is that you can get Sean Norris at 50 to 1 Ross Fisher at 100 to 1, David Law 100 to 125 to 1, and Oliver Wilson 175 200 to 1. Um, and then over in Phoenix, I've gone for, I've kind of just peppered that kind of mid range. I do think this could be the week that Scotty Scheffler breaks through. He's now 28 to 1. Russell Henley 50 to 1. Billy Horschel 60 to 1. I really like the 95 to 1 you can get on Betfred at the moment. Hopefully that ticks over to 100. Max Homer 60s, 80s. And Pat Perez, hundreds plus uh, in the Phoenix Open. Jason, your picks for me in both events. Uh, Raz, it's House on Lee, pretty confident, 35. Uh, Matthew Pavon, 60. Ross Fisher, 100. Uh, Oliver Wilson, 200. And Old Alfred, somewhere at some point, sometime. <laughs> Good old and, Alfred. Yeah, uh, Alfred, I know him. And <laughs> yeah. Over at Augusta, no, sorry, over at um, Phoenix. Her deck is calling, but I'm not sure, given that. What you've mentioned obviously the injury worries so we'll go Russell oh my word we don't want him for clear Henley Adam oh my <laughs> god I can't watch him Scott um, uh, and uh, Keith uh, is he really not 73 Mitchell um, <laughs> and a nod to a nod to Perez Laird and James Hahn definitely for some exotic bet that nobody can think of yeah I like that that's an eclectic mix of players there for you um Brad, your selections, please. Uh, for Raz, I've got Antonda, 55 to 1. Shinquin, 55 to 1. Uh, Norris, 55 to 1. You'll, you'll know there's a little bit of a sym- symmetrical trend here. Uh, <laughs> Ella Kildi, 150 to 1. Uh, Connor Syme, 150 to 1. And uh, Jack Kreiswick, uh, 150 to 1. And then at the Phoenix Open, I've got Scheffler, 28 to 1. Burns, 33 to 1. Henley, 50 to 1. Connors, 66 to 1. Putnam, 90 to 1. And Mitchell, 100 to 1. Well, I was looking at the time, gents, and I thought we were doing really, really well. And, and we got through it quite quickly. And, and here we are, um, X amount of times out later. But uh, no, really good podcast again. Enjoyed the, uh, the chat through that. Um, we have got a bit of a break now on a DP World Tour. Uh, the Hero Indian Open has been postponed next week, which means we haven't got a tournament until the Magical Kenya Open, which starts on the 3rd of March. Um, so that, that's a bit of a shame that we've got that. But we've got a really good 
uh, run a PGA Tour event, and we've got that Challenge Tour event to look out for later this week on Twitter as well. Uh, Jason, Brad, thank you as ever, Thanks, gents, Tom. and uh, good luck again this week. Thank you.